Welcome, my friends, to the Chaos Creed Podcast, where we discuss masculinity, emotional intelligence, and what it takes to be the greatest version of ourselves, then clash that with thought-provoking experience and perspective to unleash the greatest answers to the question, what does it mean to be rebel-minded? The space is here, the battleground set, and our creed committed to. I'll see all of you soldiers on the other side. Happy New Year, everyone. Oh my God. Next year? Next decade? There's something about even numbers that I love, and I think that automatically means it's going to be a good year. It's like finding a penny with tails up. Is it tails up? Or is it heads up? Which one? Which one's the lucky one? Oh man, if somebody could comment on that for me, I completely forgot. I can't remember the last time I picked up a penny. It's a dirty penny, but it's still a penny. As we do go into the new year, though, there's two things that I would like to thank everybody for. Number one is I really, when I very first started, I wasn't paying attention to my analytics. I wanted to not worry about numbers. I wanted to not be driven just by the amount of downloads I've had and whatnot. I wanted to come on to this podcast authentically and know that I was doing it because I loved it and know that it was it was from my heart and going back and actually looking to me the amount of downloads I've had it's well over 300 now is amazing to me it it makes me feel it justifies what I'm doing you know just that I'm interactive and that I'm driving questioning maybe and thought provoke uh provocation provoking being thought provoking that's what matters and thank you all for actually listening in and there's people from in more areas of the states than i actually than i actually thought which is absolutely fantastic and also to anyone that went and took my survey asking about the name of the podcast and asking about the content and getting your opinion. I thank everybody that did that for me there because now I'm driven more to better what we have here. I am most likely, I can't tell you when yet, um, but seeing how this is the first year of the podcast, I'm going to say it pretty soon. I'll probably be changing up the name listening to the people that chimed in and I'm wanting to get more serious about this and I'm going to probably probably be upgrading my equipment a little bit too. I think it's time and I think with the new year there's a lot of things that need to change and this is a plus. This is one of them and I want to invest in it for myself and I want to invest in it for you guys that are continuing to listen and have a curiosity about the world and the psychology of us and what we do day to day and how we can be rebel-minded in the state of it all. Now on to today's content. I know it's been a couple weeks. I've been I've been in a different world. My mind's been in a different place and I finally got back around to wanting to record something that made 
a difference in my life and as you guys know or if you don't know I have a little bit of a backstory where I changed mainly based around a relationship it changed me in a lot of ways and it continues to change me it's been a compounding effect and looking back it took me a long time to figure out what I did wrong and what I could do better today and that's why it's important to me and I speak on today's episode with as much caring and as much compassion as I can with people that have gone through, experienced, and had trouble with the same things. Here it is. Episode 19, Romanticizing and Avoiding Heartbreak. I myself had quite a bit of trouble in my most serious relationship. My first true love. And for a long time, I did have shame for it. And I knew that there was a reason for that. And it was my obligation to figure that out. And one of the biggest areas that I screwed up was romanticizing my past with this person, which caused me to drag myself back to this person. And I'm not saying that it's unhealthy because of just me. I'm not saying it's unhealthy because of just her. We both had a lot of things that made the relationship not right, or at least not right for the time. I wasn't I wasn't ready, but because after we split up, I didn't have anybody else because I'm not the typical guy that moves from one to another. I had to face my loneliness. I had to face all of the emotion that came from not having her and remembering all the good times. And that's what romanticizing is. It's the highlight reel of our past and the deletion of all the things that were troublesome just so that we can have a little bit of grace in our heart so we can soften the blow a little bit and so that we don't have to hurt anymore and so as we romanticize we tend to want to go back we want to have that person back in our life because they helped complete us which ultimately is not the goal After we do go through relationships that are just completely done, the men of the world, majoritively, try to avoid the pain of that heartbreak. They're unwilling to deal with it. And this episode is exactly why. Here we go. There's something fantastic about our pasts. It has so much amazing power. But... What is that power? It's the power to destroy our present or make it a dream. I really feel like there is a good and bad to all things, and to me, that includes our memory. I've always said that our past is for reflection, not as something to be relived. I continue to stand by that statement. But what about when we lose control? 
because we don't always have control over how we handle our past, present, and future. Actually, our control is very minimal. Emotional control is what I speak of most. Control over them is a hell of a skill. To always have them under complete control, though, is not only dictator-like, it also disallows feeling completely. And disallowing feeling is really only suppression of them. So, when it comes to things like love, we can't really control it. Nor should we feel entitled to. When events and experiences happen, our emotions are what hit us first. It's the instinct of the mind. It's our basic biology to have emotion, so don't fight it. But our emotional intelligence is what creates rationality afterwards. Emotional intelligence can be our savior from overreacting and truly saying and doing some stupid shit. Let me explain. If we are meant to love, then we are meant to have heartbreak, in my opinion. Like I said, balance. Here's the shit part, though. Nobody really likes heartbreak. Actually, there is such an addiction to pain, but people don't really know it, and that's a topic for a different day. So, what do we do to avoid heartbreak? We find whatever habit we've acquired to dissipate that pain. We all want to. There are two major problems that I see with instant self-medication, though. Number one, if the habits we have learned to overcome our pain are super unhealthy, they will usually end up in us hurting someone else and or hurting ourselves, physically and mentally. Substance abuse, maybe. High-risk actions. Or venting to the world with aggression. Number two, if we never allow ourselves to deeply feel our heartbreak, grief, loneliness, and sadness, we can never intimately understand them. And if we don't understand them, then we will always do whatever we can to run from them. Leaving us immature and unable to handle life's inevitable situations. We move into a new relationship without dealing with the pain of the last. Assuming the next will just be better. Ha 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 ha. We all know how that shit works. Or... We use indulgence in things that boost our feeling of masculinity and power. Sleeping with women like a serial killer on a streak. Getting highs off of flirting, sexual tension, sex itself, and anything related to our instinctive lust. Long story short, men suck at heartbreak. I'm speaking very generally, of course. A lot of us have a mix of healthy and unhealthy things about us. We do try to get better, but not until after 25, maybe. We're uber mature in that way. And when women lose their partner, they are broken. They feel every part of it. It's hell, and it's a maze of emotion. Men don't fall into that. We have a wall. We have a boundary. We have a barrier. They put as much distance between them and heartbreak as possible, mistaking that for resilience. But what happens when time is given to us? Whether we like it or not. Men and women. When we are left in a space without our partner, we feel misery. And our feeling brain and our memory work as one to create what is called romanticizing. 
It is creating the highlight reel of our past beautiful moments and ignoring the actual complete reality of what our relationship was. It gives us a pull back to our old partner. When we romanticize and that is coupled with loneliness, we start having second thoughts. We want to try again after a few months maybe, maybe a few years. We know that she is the glue that held us together. We see that she actually tolerated us and showed us how to be proper and live in the moment. We put our old partners on that super high pedestal. Been here, done this a few fucking times. I am a crime committer. I won't deny it. Here's where things go to shit. We feel as if we could love her again. We feel as if we could right our wrongs. We feel as if we were just being stubborn and we could learn to be better. You think that's love speaking, when really what that is, is lust. It's our instinct telling us to do what we do best because it creates comfort. And that lust will tell us to tell them whatever we need to to get back quote-unquote in. Bullshit me all you want, but that is our major driver. And without adequate time on our own, yes, that means away from other women too, we never understand the difference between our lust and our actual affection and admiration for an old partner at least not maturely. So what happens when we go ahead and give in to our lust? When we impulsively get back together with that partner we just left? We left them for a reason, did we not? Well, it feels great at first. The sex is great, we have affection again, and we're no longer lonely. And also, covering up the issues that tore us apart in the first place. And now, we fall back into the old pattern because nothing new was learned. No understanding was created. All of this because a man's lust re to rekindle a fire. Lust doesn't last, not without love. Love can create and sustain lust, but it doesn't work the other way around. So when heartbreak happens, what do men do? They ignore the emotions that come with it. They run from them. Men aren't just quote-unquote over their women. That's bullshit. They just know how to cover shit up, and their instincts tell them exactly how to do it. No thinking necessary. Biologically, we know what men are. In animalistic, primitive form, men are meant to spread seed. That's their job. And what do we know that comes with spreading that seed? Feeling of power, euphoria, accomplishment, and success. Yeah, I know. Women hate heartbreak too. Women, however, tend to be better with their emotions. Their brains are built for it. Why do you think they're always asking men to just feel what they're feeling? Why can they not understand? Why do you think a woman can be completely satisfied with life and still want to purposely watch sad movies and cry? Because she said she needed it. I'm not saying women can't also be fucked up emotionally. We all can. It's greatly dependent on how healthy we came into adulthood. What I am saying is, men avoid it altogether. Majoritively. And somehow, this has become the norm. Men are taught to ignore emotions. It works so well, too, that it's how men deal with anything they don't want to feel. Well, men, why do you also think that when women are done with you, they are straight up done? 
It's because they have felt all the things, endured all the pain, understood it, and have concluded not why you're not worth it, but why you're incapable of being something good for them. To the men, embrace the suck, as David Goggins would say, and learn to sit in your heartbreak. You want another partner? You want someone amazing? You need to sit in your misery first. You need to understand why there is pain. You need to understand what you both did wrong and know why it didn't work. That time sitting in her emotions gives you answers that you can't find if you ignore the pain after losing her and moving on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing because nothing in you ever changes. You need to understand why being alone will help you find the answers to why you are wrong and what you need to change in yourself to find that amazing woman you've been dreaming of. No proper lady, no matter how amazing, will make it all better. She needs a man that knows himself and doesn't need to tend to a child that doesn't know how to handle his emotions. And you can't cover that shit up. Don't even fucking try. To the women, don't be afraid to bring up some serious shit in the beginning. Delay your quote-unquote fall-in-love feelings long enough to search for red flags. Men are great at peacocking. Don't underestimate them. They can make a beautiful cover, but you need to know how he handles himself. You need to know his resilience, and if you're going to ask him questions, he should have the strength to endure it. Pay attention to how he expresses emotion. Pay attention to his machismo, his innate ability to cover up things as no big deal. Pay attention to the emotions and his vulnerability. Use your logic to search for his flaw. Flaw isn't an issue. Covering up flaw and an attempt to dissolve it completely is. Know that you are worthy of amazing love, and you will ask any uncomfortable questions to bring out his honesty and his transparency. You owe that to yourself, and he also owes that to you. Pay attention to how he talks about his past experiences and how he talks about his past love. If it feels icky, ask more questions. Find your answers. Bring in clarity. All of this is the difference in our boy psychology and man psychology. The hardest part is our transition into a full man psychology. Sometimes we think we are fully there based on our accomplishments and ability to control our external world, our financial status. But this is a disregard of what really gets us completely there. We have to conquer our understanding of feelings so that it displays and shows in our actions and respect for other people, especially love and relationships. I don't speak today as a teacher, but as a fellow student. I've done my damage. I've done the bad things. Of all things I've learned about life, new knowledge and experience has told me this. I don't know shit. And knowing that there is infinite knowledge out there just means that I can continue to get better. Like, forever. I do it for me, and I do it for them. All of us need this, and I'm happy to have this new understanding of life, as it brings me so much more opportunity and love. Here's to us growing as men and women. This is rebel-minded thinking. Get uncomfortable. Have the patience to sit in your pain long enough to be a better human because of it. Without our pain and suffering, we become weaker. Pain is necessary. Challenge is necessary. 
confusion, and discomfort are necessary. I love you all. Stay strong and stay rebel-minded. What's up, Creed Soldiers? Are you loving the podcast? Has any of the content helped you or inspired you? Better yet, do you have any stories of your own that you'd love to have talked about on the podcast? Do you have something that is just dying to have a voice? I love making real connections with real people. Make sure to write in and share your story or your support for the Creed. I love building an army of people that want to share their gifts and their voice. I promise you, now is better than ever. The world deserves to hear you, and you get the choice every day to make yourself known. Contact and share with me on Instagram, IG handle, at Creed Soldier, and you can send me a personal email at Zachary at ChaosCreed.com. That's Zachary, Z-A-C-K-A-R-Y, at ChaosCreed, both with a K, dot com. And if you or someone you know is tired of suppressing your real self, wants to find your potential, and commit to the rebel-minded mindset, you can contact me for coaching and scheduling at chaoscreed.com slash takeaction. And if you haven't already, like, share to friends, and hit the follow button for the Chaos Creed podcast so you know when every new episode and interview has gone from my mic to your speaker. See you soon, soldiers.